0: Welcome to The Doctor Diaries, a podcast which will take you behind the scenes of the intriguing medical world. Join me, Hanya Rothersby, an experienced business consultant in the medical sphere as I chat to our guests who will take us through their insights, experiences and ideas as an expert, thought leader and trailblazer in this exciting medical world. Welcome to the Dr. Diaries podcast. We're here in Gold Coast, Australia, at the Non-Surgical Symposium, and we have an absolute unique pleasure to meet today on our podcast, Dr. Tal Humes. Dr. Humes is a board-certified physician and an international expert in aesthetics and anti-aging medicine. Her expertise includes advanced injectables, aesthetic lasers, skin tightening technologies, non-invasive body contouring, wellness, and skincare. She's known for her expertise in combining lasers and injectables for total facial rejuvenation. She's a sought-after expert, and we're very excited to have her here. And she is the director and founder of the Tal Medical Aesthetic Clinics that opened in Denver in the USA in 2005. So we have so much to explore today. Welcome, Tal. Thank you for having me. No, I cannot believe we have the opportunity (laughs) to speak with you. So tell me what's brought you to Australia to this conference
1: non surgical symposium. I've been here before five years ago. Loved it. This, honestly, the education at this conference is outstanding. I always tell people, I like some of the U.S. conferences.
0: I love the international conferences, but this is my favorite. Oh, wow. That's that's a really great testimony. So it's good to know that in Australia, we've got something that you really hold to world class.
1: You know, the, the speakers here, I mean, I feel like they're a step above, you know, kind of what you get at a lot of different places. It's very medically based. It's science
0: based, data driven. So right. I learned so much when I'm here. Oh, fantastic. Well, we love, we love having you here, which is fantastic. Well, Tal, I, I was really excited to speak to you today. So as a, a business consultant and working with doctors and clinic owners, I was blown away by your Vital Clinics. So maybe tell me a bit about those.
1: You know, I love them. I mean, I can't imagine not having Vital. Um, Started in 2005. I was looking at, you know, kind of what is it that I wanted to do within medicine? What do I absolutely love? And I love everything about medicine. But what I really found was that there was this niche within the skincare side where it wasn't being well taken care of. It had been forgotten that it was medical. And to me, it's very important that we're doing medical treatments that happen to also be on the beauty side. And so it was, how could I dive into that and do a really good job? It started with wanting to do really good skincare, taking care of facials, lasers, anti-wrinkle treatments, volumizing. And then from there, really found out that the body contouring market is huge. So we've delved into that. The acne market is huge. It's the number one, you know, it's, it's the number one skin condition out there that needs to be treated. So, so much that we have to offer and to do within the practice. Amazing. And tell me, how many thoughts do you have? I currently have three sites. I have two in Denver, Colorado, and one in Chicago, Illinois. Oh wow. And how do you manage servicing all those different sites at the I'm an amazing team, right? Yes. I have to have yeah, I yeah. have an amazing team. I have amazing practice managers who run the practices. I work with other physicians, so I have a physician who's in Chicago, as well as nurses and PAs who work with me, and couldn't do it without them.
0: Oh, it's really inspiring to be working with a lot of practices that I do being a clinician, but also an entrepreneur and also managing your businesses. (laughs) It's inspiring. And the fact that you're here. So maybe take me back through how you've arrived here. So you wanted to study medicine. Yes. Please take me through your journey and how you've ended up here.
1: Uh, You know, for me, my background is actually internal medicine. So I'm what you guys would call a cosmetic physician. Okay. And I love internal medicine. I love the science behind it, everything. But I really found that when it came to taking care of patients, I also really loved the happy patient and looking at them and being able to help them with the goals. You know, it's still medically driven, but it's helping them with their goals. And in 2004, I was looking at what did I want to do differently? And thought, you know, I was walking down the streets of New York. I actually was trying to decide what I wanted to do. And I was walking down the streets of New York and I walked by this beautiful medical aesthetic practice. And I walked in, I was like, you know, started asking some questions. I, you know, ended up talking to a girlfriend afterwards and she joked, she said, wouldn't it be great if you could go somewhere, you could get, do yoga and get Botox. And I thought that would be amazing without the yoga. <laughs> <laughs> and it just rolled right into it. Yeah. And the next thing you knew, I was researching, you know, I was, I was learning how to do injectables. I was researching lasers. I was learning everything about it. And I wasn't willing to open until, you know, I knew
0: that I could do it really well. Yeah. That's actually an amazing story. So now you're a sought after expert and you travel the world and attend a lot of conferences. So how do you balance that day to day and working with your business, developing your business, but keeping up with what's the most current technologies and what's happening. If I didn't
1: travel to all these places, I mean, what you have here in Australia or what I find in Europe is oftentimes different than what we have in the U.S. So if I wasn't traveling around, whether it's across the U.S. or around the world, I actually wouldn't be able to grow as a clinician and a business owner because I need to see what else is out there. Mm. And I learned that early on. We were, you know, 2005, we opened our flagship practice. And about a year and a half later, we were in Denver, Colorado, and thought, well, we're in the middle of America, so to speak. You know, what's going on in New York and L.A.? So that following year, we went to New York and said, OK, what's New York doing different than us so we can make sure that we're staying up to par? Following year after that, went to L.A. What's L.A. doing that you know we're not doing to stay up to par? And now that's expanded to what's going on around the world. Yeah. And
0: what have you found is the, the latest trends that patients are looking for? So, you know, other than the traditional things that they come into your clinics for,
1: you know, honestly, what patients are looking for is that combination therapy. They just don't know they're looking for it. What I have loved seeing, and I will tell you, Australia has a much more natural look than the U.S. So I think that, you know, as far as aesthetics here, it's been done differently and maybe even a little bit better in that sense. But the U.S. got a little unnatural for a while. And for a while, you had all the people who were just overstuffed and blown and all that kind of stuff. And what I found is patients didn't realize that what they needed to do is combine their treatments. So we in our practice do a lot of combination therapy. Mm. combining lasers with injectables because not every single thing can be treated with a needle, right? You don't want to just always fill that wrinkle. Sometimes you need to treat it from the outside in instead of the inside out in order to get them the result. So I would say in the practice that we don't sell a service, we sell an outcome. Yes. And it's really so, I would say what patients are looking for is results and they just don't know exactly how to get there and it's our responsibility to drive them there. Yeah,
0: it's a very good thing to say. We're not selling them a service, we're selling them an outcome. Mm-hmm. And at your practice... Do you see your patients being yours for life or an episodic? They come, they get something fixed and they go. Our goal is for life, right? If we treat them
1: well, they want to come back and see us. Yes. And, you know, but that's on us. We need to be able to, whether it's myself or one of the other clinicians that I work with, we need to keep them on that path. If they come in and they say, oh, these wrinkles, you know, between my brows bother me. And we never talk to them about the browns and the reds they have on their skin. We're actually not doing them any justice on that, right? Because we're not getting them to what would be the best outcome for them. But also we're not keeping them as a patient because we didn't guide them in the right path.
0: Yeah. So what is the the secret to your success and how you engage with your patients to ensure that, not that they just keep on coming to be your customers, but that you are guiding them through a true... You know, you as clinicians will give them the prescription or the diagnosis. What's the secret to ensure that they keep on coming back?
1: Listening to them, ah, finding out what it is they want. You know, I always say that if somebody comes in and they've got one brown spot on their cheek and you look at them and they're a raisin, right? They've got wrinkles (laughs) everywhere. And all I treat are those wrinkles and I leave that brown spot. They're going to walk away thinking I did nothing for them. So it's really, I listen to them first, right? And that's what we do when somebody's new with us, is we sit down and talk about how to do a consultation. When I say new to us, I mean our staff members. Yes. But we sit down, you know, like, what's the first thing you do in a consultation? You ask the patient what it is that bothers them. The mm-hmm. first thing that they say is what bothers them the most. So you have to hear that. And then from there, listen, like, what's their goal? And sometimes I'll even ask them, like, okay, so we just talked about A, B, C, and D. But what is your ultimate goal? What do you want? Yeah. So that—that I think is really how you become successful is listening to them and then educating them on what it is they can do to treat it. Very good advice
0: for all our listeners. (laughs) It's just—it's really quite simple, isn't it? Yeah. Is there any um, patient outcome or story that really sticks in your mind in the years that you've had your practice that you know providing the service you do that you've just gone, wow, this has made a significant difference to this particular patient.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I could, honestly could probably come up with a few, yes. but the one that sticks out the most, and a lot of it is we oftentimes when we think of aesthetics, it's all about wrinkles, wrinkles, wrinkles. But the patient that sticks out the most was a young patient who came in and she had acne scarring. Walked in, she's a darker skin type. She was a FITS-5 skin type. Walked in and said, I want to get that fractional laser. She wanted a CO2 fractional laser for acne scarring. But looking at her, she had severe acne. So there was no way that you could start with her acne scarring when she had severe acne. So we actually started by clearing up her acne. And then after that, getting her on some non-ablative laser treatments because she couldn't do the ablative with her skin type. And, you know, not only cleared her acne and kept it at bay for a long time, but also improved her scarring. So she went from being this. she was a 20-year-old girl who was like this little wallflower, right? She covered her face with her hair. You know, she didn't really want to be seen because acne can be so depressing for patients,
0: right? Yes. It changes the way they feel about themselves. And she just came out of her shell after that. Oh, wow. Well, it's just that's a very inspirational <laughs> story to know that you were able to help her in that way. That's fantastic. Well, it sounds like you're a very busy clinician, business owner, what do you do on your downtime? What are your hobbies? How do you relax?
1: Is there such thing as relaxing? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, honestly, like I am go, go, go. So yeah. I don't actually look to be like, oh, can I sit down and relax? I'll tell you if sort of my decompression at the end mm. of the day is watching stupid TV shows, right? <laughs> like, you know, like that's my thing is I'll work really hard. And then I want an hour before bed that I at least get to watch one show. Uh-huh. Right? But outside of that, in, like in the real world of what do I do, it's travel. You're know, like mm. Just getting out and about. And a lot of that travel end up being surrounded by some sort of business trip, like, you know, I'm in, in Australia, but I'm not going to just come for the weekend. I'm going to spend time while I'm here.
0: Nice. So I've gotten to go some really wonderful places and then make the most of it. Oh, fantastic. So have you got something booked for this trip? Where are you going?
1: Yeah, so we've been to, so I brought my kids on this trip. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's just us. My husband is actually fixing up our house. <laughs> so I got the good end of it. Um, so they came, we took them to meet the koalas yesterday, oh, which nice. they loved. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to stay here until Monday. Monday, and then on Wednesday, um, on Monday we'll go to Sydney for two days and enjoy
0: the city. Oh, enjoy, enjoy, yes. enjoy. And it, actually, just to let you know, it's been pouring with rain in that's Queensland. That's what I heard. No, but you obviously Oh, Queensland, I heard it was, I thought it was pouring in Sydney, they told me. Uh, it's been doing that sort of thing up and down yeah. the east coast. But, but here whoo- too? Yes. Queensland's on. been very wet too, so oh. you've come at the right time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you've got the right week. I like it. No, that's fantastic. All right, now to our rapid fire questions. Okay. If I was to ask you, what business decision did you make that if you had your time again, you would handle differently? I would say trying to
1: grow too fast. Hmm. You know, I think somebody said it to me a long time ago. It can be as bad to grow too fast as it can to grow too slow. And initially when I first opened, and I actually ended up not doing it, my initial business decision is I wanted to open, you know, one, two, three, right off the bat. And I had somebody say that to me. They're like, you know, sometimes growing too fast is a problem. And so I took a step back. And said, you know what, let me just take a look and, like, let's let's go within our four walls and see what we can do. Mm-hmm. And really refocus on the business. And then it grew exponentially. Ah, good advice. So that's sort of, no need to go full steam ahead. No, I think sometimes, you know, that and it, it's... To me, hearing those words, right? Sometimes you have to hear it from somebody else. Yes. Um, It's like hearing your plates too full. You can't decide yourself but somebody tells you. Yes. But sometimes hearing it from somebody else that you need to, you know, not worry about the next, instead stick with what you have. And I was like, oh, okay, what does that mean? And so then I had to get introspective and say, okay, what does that mean? And that meant refocusing on the business I had right in front of me. And taking that time, you know, and it was 2005 when we opened and it was 2006 that I wanted to g- build something else. And all of a sudden it was 2008 and the economy was diving. Mm. So luckily I hadn't done that, mm. but instead we got to refocus on the business and 2008, 2009, 2010, we actually grew when a lot of places weren't.
0: Yeah. And I do agree with you getting the, the model right and the systems right and everything yes. right. It's easier then to replicate Yes, rather than scrambling. Yeah. <laughs> Good advice. Yeah. Um, who inspires you?
1: Depends on what the inspiration I'll say the one person who really inspires me is my grandmother.
0: She's oh. always inspired me. What's since her name? A child.
1: Her name's Ruthie, or really her real name is Suzanne, which that's an interesting story in herself. She was a big activist during World War II, and she was given the name Ruth when she was in the French underground.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. What a story.
1: She's a podcast for us within herself. <laughs> she is, actually. And the funniest part of it is is there was one day she told me that she's like, oh, I'm going to be on the U.S. news. And I was like, okay. She said in New York. And I said, okay. Um, she had worked with, she was a forger. Um, so she used to forge papers oh, during World wow. War II. And it turned out that Anderson Cooper went out to this small little town she lives in in France and interviewed her. And she was on 60 Minutes, which for us is a really big deal. Yeah. <gasps> it's a big deal here as well, let oh, me right, okay. like say. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, so she's just always been inspiring. She knows who she is. She knows what she wants. It didn't matter that she was, you know, female, male. It doesn't really matter who you are. You do what you want to do and you kind of forge ahead. Oh, she sounds amazing. She she's is. obviously
0: been a great role model for you. She is. Well, my last question to you is, What words of wisdom would you have to your younger self?
1: You know, I think it would be to kind of, in a sense, pick your battles and don't sweat the small stuff. I mean, those are, you know, kind of cliche to say, but it's so true. I remember when I was first opening a business, I had to know every little detail and I had to almost like nitpick every little thing. And honestly, like pick my battles, understand where I need to make those decisions and I can let them go to somebody else. And once I got that little bit like, you know, less controlling and more laid back attitude about it, that's when you really see things grow.
0: Ah, good advice. And I totally agree. (laughs) Your best value is seeing patients and growing your business and delegate to people you can trust. Great advice. All right. Well, Dr. Tal Humes, thank you very much for being on our podcast today, the Dr. Diaries podcast, and I wish you luck with the rest of your conference and your time and travelling with your family. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Doctor Diaries. You can find out more about our amazing guests on our website, hanyaroversby.com.au, or join our Instagram page, Dr Diaries Podcast, to find out more about our podcasts. We look forward to you joining us again.